Yeah, 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 yeah. The Friday Decca, yeah. yeah. Should probably start Monday with that because Monday is the new Friday. Every day is a Decca, yeah. Every day that we're here, what's going on? All right, clones, you had a great day yesterday. One of your better days. Why don't you stack another great day on top of a great day? That's the key to a great life. Stack great days. Stack great takes. Go ahead. Let me invite you in here. Lots to get done, but plenty of opportunities for you to get through. one 636 8686 It's Friday. I always say this. It's Friday. It's not a day to put your feet up, coast into the weekend, finish. Whatever you're doing tonight, you'll enjoy a hell of a lot more if you go hard today. My personal theory. So finish strongly. Get up in here. one 636 8686 Hit me up on the X platform. You know this show is coming to X soon. We are building it out right now. Keep listening. I will give you the launch date shortly. In the meantime, just hit me up on X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. I set that up every single day. Those are the three ways to get through. Coming up at 940, we'll talk more about the Chiefs and their Super Bowl victory. More about the parade, unfortunately. But Nick Algretti, great story. Great story. Joins us at 940. Coming up at 1020. Shams Sharania will be joining us. Senior NBA insider for The Athletic and Stadium. He's got a great show on FanDuel TV. And we will talk to Shams at 1020. Third hours wide open except for the ATP. Except for Alvin's ionic week that was. And more. Ionic. So I've got things I want to cover. We're going into the NBA All-Star Weekend and more. In fact, I'm going to start there. If you know what you want to talk about and you do not need to wait on me, hit me up right now. Go ahead. You have your phone number. You know where to find me on X. You know where to email me. Go to my Instagram feed. You know, all the usual spots. Hey, Wisco fam. I think I'll start right there. Wisco fam. How you living? Hopefully better than your basketball team because right now your Bucks are a hot mess. Thankfully, we just hit the NBA All-Star Weekend. And I say thankfully because those dudes in Milwaukee need the break badly. Because those dudes in Milwaukee need to get their bleep together badly. There's limping into the All-Star break. And then there's falling backwards down a flight of stairs into the All-Star break which is basically what the Bucks just did. Hey, remember when Milwaukee bleep-canned Adrian Griffin 43 games into his coaching career? And they did so because they weren't winning enough. They ran that dude right into a wood chipper after 43 games because he was only 30-13. and 30-13 and 13 was not good enough. And listen, at that time, I thought that was pretty extreme, but I did respect it. I respected it because what they were saying was, regardless of the record, we made a mistake. Regardless of the record, we are in win-now mode. We have to win this thing right now. We have two of the best players on the planet in their prime at the same time. We cannot waste the opportunity. The window is never going to be more wide open than it is right now. We have to make this count. 
right freaking now. So it was extreme, but I understood and respected their sense of urgency. And by the way, Wisco fan, I bet you did too. I bet you appreciated the urgency because it does send one hell of a message. Message being 30 and 13 is not good enough. Here's the problem with that message. 30 and 13 wasn't good enough, so we went out and found somebody we thought was better. Except that guy is now 3 and 7. That guy, of course, Doc Rivers. 3 and 7. They were 30 and 13 with their last coach in his first 43 games ever as a head coach, but that was not good enough. So they go out and they get Doc. Doc is now 3 and 7 after 10 games. That's supposed to be your win right now move. Here is the other thing. Is there anybody anywhere even remotely surprised by this? Not me. I said right from the jump that I respected the ambition and the urgency of saying 30 and 13 was not enough. I understood why the urgency was dialed up that high. But what I never understood, and I said so the day they hired this guy, I never understood how Doc Rivers was going to make it better. Granted, generally, he usually waits until the playoffs before the team starts to melt down. Normally, he waits until his team has a three wins or gets to three wins in a playoff series before everything goes to hell. This time, though, he's blowing a huge lead right up front. This time, he's blowing it in the regular season. The gig that Milwaukee handed to Doc was, in effect, a 3-1 series lead. He's already gagged it right back. And it's not like they're gelling. It's not like they're close either. It's not like they're just barely losing against great teams and it's going to click. It's not like that team looks like it's on the verge of clicking or that the vibes are good. It's just that the results aren't there, but they will be. None of that's true. None of that is the case. I'll give you a case in point. Last night, the Bucks lose to the Grizzlies, which is never a good thing. And especially right now, because Memphis is actually one of the worst teams in the NBA. But they didn't even lose to the best of the worst. They didn't even lose to Memphis's best, even though they're one of the worst. They pretty much lost to Memphis's worst of the worst. They pretty much lost to the Grizz backups. Memphis had no John Morant, no Desmond Bain, no Jaron Jackson Jr., no Marcus Smart, no Brandon Clark. Oh, and they were also on the second night of a back-to-back. Meanwhile, Milwaukee had not played since Tuesday when they got waxed at home by the Heat. Basically, the only thing that can make this situation any more of a flaming dumpster fire would be for Doc to hit the podium after it happened, and it was a debacle, for him to hit the podium after that debacle and then run his team under the bus. Like, run their ass down. Am I right, Bob, in L.A.? Run their ass down. So Run his ass down. I bet you can guess what happened next. Of course, Doc hit the podium and ran their ass down. Ran the team right under the bus. Now, I'll give Doc credit for this. 
At least he did it in a hilarious way. At least he made running his new team under the bus entertaining. Seriously, this is an all-timer. Put this right up there with one, two, three, Cancun. Because I think this quote is going to stick a while. We come back in this, uh, on our set. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um, we, we had some guys here. And we had some guys in Cabo. We had some guys here. We had some guys in Cabo. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good line. No, really, that's good. His team isn't, but that is. We had some guys here. And we had some guys in Cabo. That's good. You're not. Your team's not, but that is. Look, to be clear, I don't blame anybody for daydreaming or night dreaming about Cabo. I love Cabo. We used to own a house in Cabo. That's how much I love Cabo. My only question is, if some of those guys were here and some of those guys were in Cabo, where in Cabo? Were they at Las Ventanas? Were they at the El Dorado Club? Were they at Cabo Wabo? Were they on the beach at the office? All the above? I got to know. One more thing I need to know. Hey, Doc, are you sure that you weren't with them? Because it's not like you're doing the best job either, my dude. Based on the way your team looks, it's energy, it's execution, the way they're playing, the scoreboard. My man, it seems like you're mentally posted up at the Pamia. Usually Doc doesn't start dreaming about hitting up the, I don't know, the giggling Marlin in Cabo until he's up three games to two in a playoff series or game seven. But clearly this dude's mind is also wandering. Probably because he has no answers to their problems and he's pushing all the wrong buttons. What a hell of a coach we got. Again, the funniest thing about this whole thing is that Milwaukee is getting exactly what they hired. Which is why from the beginning, I didn't understand that hire. It's not that I didn't understand the firing of Adrian Griffin. Harsh as that was, I didn't push back on that. It's just that I did not understand the hiring of Doc. And I still don't. But credit to Gigi Jackson of the Grizz for getting right to the point in his postgame interview about how Memphis, with all those guys down, lacking all that manpower, totally depleted. Totally depleted. Totally trash. Totally depleted. They were totally trash. The JV was out there. The JV on one of the worst teams in the NBA, and yet they were still able to pull the upset. GG, dude, how did you do that? What happened at the end, how you all were able to hold on? Uh, you know, great credit to uh, Doc Rivers and the uh, Milwaukee Bus. <laughs> credit. Of course, he didn't mean it that way. He didn't mean it that way. Of course, he was just trying to be classy and give credit to the opposition after humiliating their asses with their JV. He wasn't trying to go all Phil Jackson on Doc, although he absolutely could have and should have gone all Phil Jackson on Doc. 
Because nobody has ever had Doc pegged the way Phil had Doc pegged back in the day. Let's listen to Phil Jackson on the last huddle. This team has lost more games in the fourth quarter than anybody in the NBA. They know how to lose in the fourth quarter. All right? They're just showing us that right now. For real. I mean, there's some things about Phil Jackson, his arrogance, his smugness. It's really off-putting. But that's incredible. The broadcast crew, not knowing what he's going to say, says, let's go to the huddle. Let's go to Phil Jackson. Jackson doesn't know they're going to him. Just right on cue, this team has lost more games in the fourth quarter than anybody. They know how to lose. Listen, Wisco fam, because we're fam, or in the very least half fam, but I consider us already full fam, I'm a real estate owner in Wisconsin. We sent our son to the University of I feel that we're full fam. You may not embrace me as full fam, but I embrace you as full fam. So none of this brings me any pleasure. You know this is a big Bucks house, Wisco fam. You know I love Giannis. You know I loved Coach Bud when he was there. I love Giannis even if I hate his take about failure in sports. But you know I love Giannis. I love Dame. And that comes with no qualifier. I just love the dude. I want this to work. I want this championship window to stay wide us open. And that's exactly why I was confused that you capped your 30-13 and 13 coach to hire the guy who has lost 10 game sevens, who has blown seven 3-2 series leads, who has blown three 3-1 series leads, who has lost an NBA record 32 series closeout games. Not to mention the time he got toe-tagged and body-bagged by the best caller ever to this program when he made his very first call to the program. I only want to talk about the abundance of oil on Doc Rivers' nose and forehead. Hey, Doc, you're not supposed to sweat more than your players when all you do for 48 minutes is sit on the sidelines yelling out, That's a foul! Rome, you be honest. Have you ever seen a face that oily before? I mean, it's no wonder oil's trading at $133 a barrel. Doc's been hoarding it all on his face for the past two months. George Bush wants to send troops to occupy Doc Rivers' nose. Hey, when this thing's all over, Romy, and the Lakers win the championship in seven, lose tonight by 20, maybe we could get a team of scientists to quarantine Mr. Rivers and determine how I can power my car from what comes off Doc's face every game. War Lakers in seven. War Phil Jackson playing all of the uncircumcised Euros in his lineup at the same time. Probably should have known when he made that call that he would go on to legendary status. Clowns. A truly great debut call in this program back in the day. The BIC. Brad in Corona. The bad goat. That's a foul! Look, I don't personally know Adrian Griffin. Good player back in the day. Highly respected, except by Milwaukee ownership. But I'm going to assume that he's not a told-you-so kind of guy. But if I'm Adrian, I would throw every humble bone in my body out the window. How is this guy not posting laughing emojis after every (laughs) single loss? How is this guy not outside 
Pfizer Forum doing wheelies around the players' parking lot. How has he not done a tandem Instagram post with noted Doc Rivers hater Josh Smith? <laughs> yeah, Doc Rivers. You talked all that shit about Paul George and how Tyron Lewis going to have the same office for that Shut your bum ass up, man. Yo, no in-game adjustments having ass, man. Start giving they real credit, man. That's why your has got that karma on your ass and you can't get past the second round, man. You done did all these real wrong, man. Look in the mirror and confess your motherfucking truth. Or you still, or you'll never make it out the second round. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I forgot. I forgot how strong that fire was. Adrian, without due respect, props for staying in your shoes and being a better man than all of us would be if we were in your situation. We had some guys here. We had some guys in Cabo. Great line, except, like Josh said, look in the mirror. I think what he should have said was we had some guys here and we had some guys at Las Ventanas. And we had some guys at La Berge. And we had some guys at the Palmilla. Me personally, I've got a place at the El Dorado Club. I'm Doc Rivers. Some of us hit the office during the day. Some of us go to the Giggling Marlin at night. Some of us hit all these spots. I don't know, Doc. They, they didn't run the play that, like that you called or they ignored you. Three and seven going into the break. Well, the good news is at least you get to coach the Eastern All-Stars. You know, great credit to uh, Doc Rivers and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Credit for what, my man? For losing to the worst players on your team? Credit, credit for what? Hey, Anybody Lisco fan, that brings NBA. me no joy. They know how to lose. I have a job to do, though. You know this. Believe me, what I wanted to do was come out and say, man, I was so wrong about Doc. What a great hire. Turn your entire season around. That's what I wanted to do. I hate it when I'm right, when it involves things and people I like. Damn, man. Sorry about that, Wisco fam. Honestly. Let's get some reaction. Oh, 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 oh. Before the reaction, there is a developing story that may or may not be true, but I hope it's true. I'm talking about the story involving the 49ers and who they might be looking to hire as their defensive coordinator, and it would be a truly beautiful thing. You might be ahead of me on this one. That's just a tease. I don't want to give it up yet. Let's go to Amber. Let Amber set the tone in terms of reaction. Romy, you know damn well that if you're a Cabo regular, you're not going to Cabo Wabo. That place sucks. The office is nice. The Bucks are dreaming of poolside margs instead of winning games. War Mike Cabo countdown has officially started. All right. War Lady Clone. She, I want to be careful how I say this. Sammy Hagar came on this show once. He owns Cabo Wabo. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he invited me to Cabo Wabo. I'm not going to sit here. She's not wrong. I don't want to go as far as to say as it sucks. Although, generally, Amber's not wrong about anything. It, it's pretty touristy. And when you say, if you're a Cabo regular, 
Amber, we owned a home in Cabo for like 10 years. Like, I know Cabo. I know Cabo. I love, love Cabo. I'll never forget. The story about Cabo was when I grew up, we went to Hawaii. My parents loved Hawaii, Jay and Jan. Jay and Jan went to Hawaii three times a year. And Jay had business on the island. So he went three times a year and took the kids twice a year. And that's how we grew up. We went to Hawaii, went to Hawaii, always, always Hawaii, always Hawaii. That's all we ever went, to Hawaii, not complaining. It was amazing. So DJ one year says to me early on, hey, why don't we go to Cabo? I'm like, Mexico? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a Hawaii guy. She's like, yeah, I think you'll like it. I think you'll really like it. And I remember saying to Dodger Jano, listen, man, I've gone hard this year. I've gone hard, hard. Like, I've never worked so hard. Man, I actually, this is actually a vacation I need and I want. Are you sure? Are you sure? She's like, I'm telling you, you're going to like Cabo. You'll like it. It's easier to get to. You'll like it. I'm like, all right. And I was ready to tell her I hated it. Got off the plane. I'm like, damn, I'm never going to Hawaii ever again. Ever. Cabo was that good. Now, keep in mind, this was back in the day. But my that the second I touched down and went downtown, I'm like, man, this place is incredible. Now, part of that was we stayed at Las Ventanas. I don't want to be this guy, but I'm just saying. That's why I keep referencing that place. I went there not long after it opened. And at that point in my life, that was the single nicest resort that I had ever been to. That was an enormous swing. So, Amber, I know what you're talking about. Just know I know what I'm talking about. And the office, if you go to the office, that's a legendary place. Man, they drag people out of there on stretchers. People walk out of there bleep canned. That's what I'm talking about. Stuff goes down in the office. She's like, if you're a regular, you know Cabo Wabo sucks. I was kind of just tip of the hat to Sammy Hagar. That's why I did that. UCLA Dodger Frank says, quote, we know exactly what Doc Rivers is talking about. Some of his guys mentally being in Cabo. We've had some of our guys in Aruba, Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahamas, Key Largo, Montego, and way down in Kokomo. Let's try that again, Avi. We know exactly what Doc Rivers is talking about with some of his guys mentally being in Cabo. We've had some of our guys in Aruba, Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahamas, Key Largo. Anyway, I'm not a Beach Boys guy. I'm not even sorry about that. Good job, though, Frank. I've been to Aruba. That place sucked. We had a bad time in Aruba. Been in Jamaica a couple of times. Had a good time there. Been in the Bahamas. Had a good time. Aruba. Uh, Harry, what up, bud? That's one of my first big interviews. Harry Carey. Bucks. This guy writes, Bucks screwed themselves firing Coach Bud. When we look back at Giannis's career, this will be the big what if. Bud got screwed. Bring him back. They're paying him anyway. Yeah, I didn't agree with that. This is a big Bud house. Hey, but I'll give the Bucks this, man. They're aggressive as hell. They're trying. They're trying. All right, let's get out. So far, so good. Tremendous Friday to you. Hit me up. Do you need a deck of yeah? 
Do you need an, a gold engraved invitation? Do I need to come knock on your door and put the phone in your hand? You have a phone? Use it. Alvin, you're amazing. I don't even know how you do that, dude. How did you have a door knock at the ready? I've never said that before. I've never said, do I need to knock on your door and put the phone in your hand? And then, bam, he's knocking on the door. Oh, and he's got a doorbell? Dude, stop. Stop being awesome, Alan. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech for a limited time only. Save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more. Must have electronics and accessories when you shop online at dell.com slash deals. You'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right, don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate and don't be wrong. At Mock Moda writes, Hey, Rome. Can you still do that old school parrot imitation? Please start doing it after any submission from Amber. She basically just squawks your takes. That's not what she does at all. That's not accurate at all. At all. That's wrong. She actually called me out on something. She's like, dude, if you're really a regular, you know Cabo Wabo sucks. Because that's not what I was saying. Hey, mock. Hey, mock. Don't hate. Don't forget Mark Moda. She directly contradicted what I said. She didn't agree. So you're wrong about that. Carlin Prescott writes, even the Cabo Wabo in Vegas sucks. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But the Cabo Wabo in Cabo shouldn't suck. It's Cabo. And it's called Cabo Wabo. And I didn't say it sucked. Amber did. But I'm not saying she's wrong. All right, now this is incredible. This is right. This is all good. Adam Schefter on X posts, Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substance abuse policy. League sources told ESPN, the policy violation is related to him using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption per sources. Yeah, I know, clones. I know. Whatever the hell it is, he's injecting. Obviously, it's not working. Why do you think he's using it, allegedly? I don't know. How do you know what he's using? Maybe, I mean, for instance, if the medication is banned, but the medication is used to enhance his chiseled square jawline, then it is working. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, clones, if the banned substances, Botox, collagen, Juvederm, or whatever it is handsome people inject into themselves. I really don't know. I don't know if his, his butt implants are leaking. 
I, I don't know. I, I just think it's rich that Jimmy G got busted for PEDs. Again, they're not working, whatever they are. 1-800-636-8686. Also, per Shefty, the Raiders are expected to release Garoppolo before the fifth day of the new league year in mid-March when he would earn an $11.25 million roster bonus. Why? What's 11 and a quarter mil lying around? That's walk-around money, right? Yeah, of course they're going to let him go. And he got suspended. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some Chiefs football. Nick Algretti joins me. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. I'm live in Southern California, and I want to say once again, yesterday was one of the best call days we've had in quite some time. So you should pick up on that. Stack your winning days. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. Those calls coming up a little bit later on. Right now, though, as promised, we're joined by a guard for the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. He just wrapped up his fifth season. In fact, now... He is a three-time Super Bowl champ. He won titles in 2020, last year, of course, and this past Sunday in overtime over the Niners 25-22. We are joined by Nick Allegretti. Nick, it is great to have you on the show. How are you doing today, Nick? Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. Really good to have you on, Nick. So when I found out, Nick, that you were coming on, obviously I was hyped to talk about the game and your incredible role in that win. I still am. We will. But football is still clearly secondary to the tragedy that occurred Wednesday in Kansas City at the parade. I'm curious, how are you doing right now, and how is the entire Chiefs organization attempting to process that senseless act of violence? I think you hit it on the head right there. A lot of us are trying to process it still. It was uh, one of those days that it's supposed to be, you know, a magical day full of celebration and happiness. You know, it was for 95% of it, and then at the end, that the violence that occurred, it was uh, it's tough to comprehend um, that at a day like that something would happen. Um, but, you know, thoughts and prayers with all the, all the people that were involved with that um, the families of the victims, uh, and personally for me, me and the kids, kids that were involved, and even the kids that weren't that were just there, uh, it's uh, going to be a hard thing for them to process for probably a long time. And, uh, I just, you know, as an organization, I hope we're able to do as much as we can for the community and, and for the kids that are going to have some probably some mental health uh, issues as, as they continue to mature you know, due to that event. I appreciate your thoughts on that, Nick. Thank you for that. There's really no easy way to transition to the game, but I'm going to try by asking you what your day was like. As an example, you moved into the starting lineup when All-Pro Joe Tooney was injured in the divisional round. Then you reportedly suffered a torn UCL in the second quarter Sunday. What exactly happened on that play, and did you know immediately what you were dealing with when it happened? Yeah, I mean, stepping in for a guy like Joe, first of all, is uh, it's a challenge. He's been one of the best guards in the league for the past you know, five years, and you know, I, I took that upon myself to step in and make sure that there was no drop-off. And 
in the second quarter, yeah, we were running uh, a mid-zone uh, run to the left. I was a little bit late getting to the backer, and as I got there, Bosa tackled the running back uh, pretty much through my arm as it was posted uh, on the linebacker. And, yeah, I, I've never, you know, I haven't suffered an injury like that until then. And, but you, I immediately knew. <laughs> it was something that you heard a pop, you felt it, and I just, you know, knowing minimal about anatomy, knew that something was wrong in my elbow because, you know, my elbow's not supposed to bend that way. Um, fortunately, we had the two-minute warning, and I, I had a, a couple seconds to gather myself, you know, figure out that my, my arm still bent, and I was able to go. So it was a tough situation, but fortunate enough I was uh, able to still play. Nick, it's incredible that you were able to still play. I mean, you stayed in that game. Not only were you able to still play, you played all 79 snaps. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain were you experiencing, and how did you play all 79 snaps with a torn UCL? Uh, scale, I guess that's tough. I would say, for me, I don't think, I don't think you'll ever experience a 9 or 10. If you do, it's going to be something really, really really bad. So I was probably in that six or seven right when it happened after I processed it. Um, and then at halftime, we were able to get, you know, get some cream on it, massage it a little bit, and then throw a great time. And I was probably playing at about a five. Uh, it was one of those things that I could confidently use the arm knowing that most likely the UCL was already gone, so I wasn't going to tear it any worse. Uh, so if I could deal with the pain, I could play. Um, so it was one of those things, one of our backup offensive linemen, he was a, he has a master's in uh, biology, so, you know, and he wanted to go be a doctor when he was done. He told me, he goes, listen, you don't need a UCL to play offensive line. I was like, all right, I don't know what that means, but I don't need it, I'm good. So I was able to go. Uh, dude, I mean, look, you guys are wired differently. You're built differently. What a line that is. Hey, man, you don't need your UCL. Oh, okay, I'm good, I'll go. I mean, if that were a regular season game, you come out, obviously, right? I'm not sure. Uh, I've never, uh, knocked on wood, I've never uh, come out of a game before like that. Once in college, I, I cramped up and missed two plays against Rutgers. Um, besides that, I try my best to stay on the field, so there's a good chance I'm not coming off that field if I can play well. But the fact that it was a Super Bowl, uh, there was very little chance on my mind that as long as I wasn't hurting the team by my performance, I wasn't going to leave the field. Nick Allegretti is joining us. Obviously, we always talk about it, but availability is your best ability, and you weren't coming off that field. That's a given. Let me ask you this. There's been so much talk about the new overtime rules with some of the Niners players admitting that they didn't know the rules fully. I understand we've talked this thing into the ground, but I want to ask you this. What did you think when they won the coin toss and they elected to receive? What went through your mind when you saw that? So We had just finished our drive, so we were, one, we were pretty tired. So we're sitting on the bench getting water, um, and I, I, it appeared that they had won the toss. So I figured they were going to kick off, and then all of a sudden, you know, I saw Pat point the way that we were kicking, and I was like, did they just take the ball? And once I got that word, I was like, wow, we're going to get a shot. We knew our plan going in that if we got the ball second and we had to go score a touchdown, we were going to go for two. So at that point on, I was like, man, whether they score a field goal, a touchdown, nothing, we're going to be able to, you know, put the ball in Pat's hand with a chance to go win the game. So it was a, a pretty great feeling. You know, I know they had their plan, but it, it worked well with our plan as well. I was going to say, Nick, I might have a great threshold for your stamina. You guys probably were kind of gassed, but my, my thought was you guys had to be thinking, 
wait a minute. The hell are they doing? They're going to give Pat the ball, and we're going to get the ball second and know what we have to get? I mean, what a great win that must have been. Now, to be fair, I don't know exactly what went down, Nick, but McCall Hardman said that he blacked out for a minute after he got that game-winning touchdown. He, it didn't seem like he was fully aware that the game was over, but I don't really know. I mean, did you know that when he secured that ball, when he got that ball, you guys had won? Yeah, I knew for sure. I think it's one of those things. We went over it every week of the playoffs uh, as a team. It's one of those things that you need your quarterback, your Mike linebacker, uh, I would say probably your offensive, defensive line to know exactly what's going on. The skill players, they're playing as hard as they possibly can. They're on and off the field. You know, they're no, they know whether time is important or yards are important based on the time of the game. At that point, time was not a factor, so yards is what we needed. Um, so they don't necessarily need to know whether we're going to win the game or not on that play. But as long as the O-line and the quarterback did, uh, we're in a good spot. And Nick, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously you've got tremendous belief in yourself, and you should. But you came into the league as a seventh-round pick. When you started off and you were just grinding to make that 53-man roster in 2019, did you envision a scenario where you'd win three Super Bowl rings in your next five years? Or honestly, is it kind of a little surreal? So, yeah, I kind of got chills saying that, so I appreciate that. But, um... So as a kid, yes, I was, I'm a dreamer, and I mean, I, I, I still dream. If I was a kid, I'd throw the ball up in the backyard pretending like I scored touchdowns, knowing you know, very well that I'm never never going to be a receiver in the NFL or anything like that. Uh, but when I got drafted, man, I, all I wanted to do was make the practice squad. I wanted to make the roster, but I wanted a shot to say that I worked in the NFL for a year. Uh, and, and I can't it, – it is hard to fathom at times what my career is turned into thus far, um, been able to give my you know family a great start to life. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to comprehend it, but it's been an incredible experience. Good on you, dude. That is an amazing anecdote that you were just hoping to get a year in the NFL, and now you've got three rings, and who's to say where you stop? In fact, beyond rehab and recovery, have you made any plans for the offseason? And then how long before you officially get into that three-peat mindset? Yeah, so uh, obviously we'll have the, you know the elbow recovery, but uh, I had I became a father last year, uh, actually the morning of the Super Bowl Fifty Seven uh, with twin daughters. So you know, really can just take a couple weeks to just enjoy being a dad, um, be at home with the family, not have to worry about going into work, and really just get to fully immerse myself into that because it's been it's been a life changing experience. So. That, that's my main focus this offseason is get to be a dad. I, I know I'll hit free agency and worry about the elbow, and I'll have all that to take care of. But I, I'll get to eat breakfast with my daughters every day. You know, I won't have to miss a, a bedtime, bath time. So I'm pretty excited from that aspect. And after that, I, I'll start, you know, we'll figure out free agency. I'd love to stay in Kansas City um, if that's available, if that's an option. Um, but it's a business. You know, from both sides, they've got a lot to figure out. I've got a lot to figure out. Um, if I'm able to come back, I mean, you start thinking about a three-piece, something, something nobody's ever done. Uh, and that would be incredible, uh, really special to be a part of that. Nick Allegretti joining us, no doubt. You mentioned really quickly before you go the twin daughters. I'm assuming those were your first two kids. Like, whenever you have a child, it's so overwhelming the first time. But if you have two, I would think that it's got to be absolutely mind-blowing, but you have nothing to compare it to, right? You just have two. You have none, then you have two. What's that been like? 
you're absolutely right. It, that, that was the blessing is that we didn't know how hard one was. Right. So when we found out it was twins, yeah, there was there was a little bit of fear, but we just wanted healthy babies, and you know they spent a little bit of time in the NICU, and then they were able to come home, and they've been healthy, and it's wild. It's absolutely it's absolutely wild being a parent, uh, watching these. You know now they're becoming friends, and they're playing with each other, and uh, it's it's been an incredible experience too. Is I, I'll be honest, I'd have twins again if we if we could. It was. It's such a fun experience seeing them be, you know, buddies already and knowing that, they, you know, they could be lifelong friends. Uh, it's awesome. I think that's an amazing statement you just made, that if you could have twins again, you would. Nick Allegretti joining us. He's got three Super Bowl championships. He played with that shredded UCL, and what a great game. Nick, really appreciate you. What a great conversation. Great, great time with you. Thanks for coming on. Have a great weekend. Hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me on. That was fun, Nick. Great job. You made it better. I'm always looking for people who make it better, and you just did. Nick Algretti joining us. All right, so there's our number one. When we come back, I've got an open segment that we're talking about. The NBA All-Star Weekend with Shams. That's coming up next hour. Alvi's Week That Was, Hour 3. ATP, Hour 3. Also, I've got something regarding the Niners and who they might hire as their D coordinator. And I'm actually rooting. I don't root, but I'm rooting for this. And I'll tell you why. Stay tuned.